Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. For free resources and free messages, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or call us for more information at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And if you and I don't come to the Bible every day with a desire for God to change our lives, we'll never have what God calls a good understanding. And if you and I don't come to the Bible looking for a command, a new command to obey, we'll never have what God calls a good understanding. And Caleb, he had this good understanding. And Caleb's, this thing about Caleb, his good understanding It put him so far out of step with the rest of the Jewish people of his day that God had a very unique description for Caleb in Numbers 14, 24, where God said, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, hath followed me wholly. Him will I bring into the land wherein he dwelt, and his seed shall possess it. See, God describes Caleb as a person with another spirit, another spirit. So Caleb has this another spirit, and God says, he has followed me wholly. That's the other spirit. He has followed me wholly. And as a reward for Caleb, God says, him, I'm going to bring into the land. And as you know, it was only him and Joshua of that generation that went into the land. And that was the reward for Caleb. And that's the reward for those who wholly follow God. It's a special reward. It's a reward of him will I bring into the land. And God had this type of reward for Abraham who wholly followed God. And that reward is what chapter 18, as we come into it now, is all about. Because it opens with these words, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. We have to always remember that the chapter divisions that we, you know, we talk about chapter 17, chapter 18, and so forth. And, you know, we think like, well, you know, know, when Moses wrote this, he he said, well, that's enough for the day. He said, chapter, you know, so I'm tired. <laughs> that's not the way it was, you know. It's just one writing. It's one narrative, you know. And what we see as chapter 18, verse 1, is really part of, verse seven, of chapter 17 because there's no divisions. So really, we need to, you know, we, I mean, these divisions... That we, that we have in our Bible, they were put there about 700 years ago. Sorry to disappoint you. So really, it reads like this. And all the men of his house born in, in the house and bought with money of the stranger were circumcised with him. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. See, right after Abraham obeys God with the command to circumcise, God appears to Abraham. And right after obeying God, Abraham was rewarded by God appearing to him. And so what chapter 18 really is, it's a, chapter 18 is a friendly conversation. This is a conversation between God and Abraham who are friends. That's what chapter 18 is. And it's a scene of these two friends. You know, the, it says in James 2.23, the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God, it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. And so by reading straight through from the last verse of chapter 17 to the first verse of chapter 18, all the men of his house were circumcised with him, and the Lord appeared unto him. 
enables us, when we see it this way, enables us to see clearly friendship with God is the direct fruit of obeying God. And Genesis 17, 22, is God told Abraham to, to circumcise, and then God leaves. And now it's up to you, Abraham. Genesis 7, verse 27, Abraham obeys God. Genesis 18, 1, right after Abraham obeys God by circumcising everyone, God comes to him to start this intimate, friendly conversation. And that progression from obedience to friendly fellowship, exactly, that's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ was referring to in John 14, 23, when he said, Jesus answered and said unto them, if a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. That's what's happening here in, in chapter 18, verse 1. The Lord appeared unto him. That's the friendship. That's the, that's the we will come and make our abode with him. That's the friendship with God that follows from the obedience of chapter 17, verse 1. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now, Abraham is very important to us. I mean, Abraham is, I mean, who is Abraham? I mean, we're studying this man, Abraham. Who is Abraham? He, well, you know, Abraham is very important for us. He's not just another historical character. He's not just another Bible character. Abraham, for us, is very, very special. And we have to remind ourselves of that when we study Abraham. We're not just studying a historical character here when we study Abraham. For us, the, the study of Abraham is much more personal than that. You know, the Bible describes to us Abraham like this in Galatians 3, 7. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. That's something we're supposed to know. Know ye that they which are of faith, the, 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 the same are the children of Abraham. Galatians 3, 29. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Spiritually speaking, we are the children of Abraham. Spiritually speaking, we are the seed of Abraham. Now, I want you to picture this in your mind. Picture a son. When he was just born, was given up for adoption. Never met his father. He never met his father. He was just born, is given up for adoption, never met his father. Then he, you know, happens, starts searching and finding and internetting and everything else. And later in life, uh, finds a person who says, I know your father. I'm going to bring you to your father. And so that son is very interested to meet his father. Because that person is going to introduce him for the first time to his father. And that son's going to meet his father for the very first time. And we can so easily picture the scene. The son's going to hear those words that he's been longing to hear. This is your father. And, that's, and if the, the time's going to come and the person's going to say those words to this person, that's your father. And from that moment that he hears those words, it's the, the son, the, the son is gonna, he's going to see no one else. Because from that moment, he's only going to see that man is my father. And from that moment, when the son hears, the, the, hears that, he's going to hear no one else. He's gonna, from that moment, all he's going to hear is his father because he's fixated on that man who he has just learned is his father. And the son, at that point, he's carefully studying the man he has just learned as his father. And the son, he, he's intently listening to the man. Everything he's got to say, because it's now it's, he just learned as his father. 
And he wants to know everything about that man. Why? Because he's just learned that that man is his father. And he wants to know everything he can about that man. He wants to know, not just, it's not just any man. That man is his father. Well, we are that child. And Abraham is that father. And God is the person who's going to use introducing to us and says, that man is your father. And when we become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, God says to us, Galatians 3.29, if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And when we become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, God points to this man, Abraham, that we're studying here in Genesis and said, this is someone special I want you to meet. That man is your father. And when we become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, God says to us, that man, Abraham's your father. You take the book of Genesis now and you learn everything you can about your father, Abraham. And study him carefully, Abraham, because he's your father. You're his child. And listen carefully to Abraham because he's your father. You're his child. And as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, Abraham means more to us than just another Bible character. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we study Abraham because spiritually speaking, we're his children. And we want to know everything about him because spiritually speaking, he's our father. So when we start for chapter 18, we as the children of Abraham are going to learn a lot more about Abraham, our spiritual father. And so chapter 18 begins with an explanation of how God appeared to Abraham. As it starts off, it caps, begins it off, and it says the good Lord appeared to Abraham. And first we see about this scene is that it was a hot day, just like it's kind of hot in here, actually. But anyway, it says it was a hot day. And so Abraham says he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And the first thing that captures our attention about this scene is we read the word tent, tent door. And we say, tent? Abraham's house was a tent? He was a rich man, Abraham. Why didn't he have, uh, uh, you know, what David sat in his house as I dwell in a house of cedar panel or whatever he had. You know, why, why did Abraham not have a house of stones or clay or wood at least? It's not so bad. Abraham was a rich man. He could have had a much more permanent house made out of stones or clay or wood. But Abraham chose to live in a temporary nomad's tent. And that was our father. So if you don't like that, sorry. (laughs) That's the way it was. He refused to live in a permanent house. He chose to live in a temporary tent. Why? Because of what it says about him in Hebrews nine through Hebrews eleven nine through ten, by faith he sojourned, he lived in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles, dwelling in tents, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of this promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. See our spiritual father Abraham saw the sin all around him, and he said, this world's not my home, and it's a strange place to me, and I'm a stranger in this earth, I'm an alien on this earth, and I choose, therefore, to not set down roots on earth. And I'm going to express my choice to not set down roots on this earth by living in a nomadic tent instead of a permanent house. Because I am intently looking with a lot of purpose to heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ is honored and worshipped. All right, that's the first thing we see about him. Next, we see something very interesting about Abraham. 
when we read in verse 2 of Genesis 18. And he lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. So here we see Abraham. He's not just sitting in the tent door trying to cool himself off because of the sweltering heat of the day, which it can really be in Israel. Right, Irene? Oh, man. We, we, it doesn't matter. We, we, we made the brilliant decision to go visit Israel in August and... <laughs> there were no crowds, let me tell you. <laughs> anyway, we packed our car with frozen bottles of water. Anyway, so he's sitting there trying to cool himself off. But something, but Abraham is not just sitting there trying to cool himself off. He's doing something. Very, very, he's doing something. And what he's doing is to portray to us in these words, he lift up his eyes and looked. See, we see that Abraham was on the lookout when he's sitting in his tent door. He's scanning the horizon with his eyes. And he's lifting up his eyes and he's looking for what? For people. Abraham's looking for people. And in the distance, he sees three men. That's what they, he sees. That's all he sees. He sees three men. He thinks they're men. They walk like men. They're men. And he sees them and he understands exactly what it says. Lo, three men. And at least when Abraham looks up his eyes at the beginning of verse 2, that's what Abraham understands, that they are three men. We're going to get into later how his understanding gets a little improved. But for the moment, they're three men. And we see Abraham doing something very surprising, and it shows us more of who our father is. It shows us more of who Abraham really is, because what follows next, this is something. I mean, forget about the fact that he's 99 years old. He jumps up, and we read these words. When he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door. He's a 99-year-old man, you know. Someone's going to say, don't run. You'll slip. you fall. you break your hip. Then what? We don't have Obamacare yet. You'll be in big trouble. No. <laughs> he says, no. He says, in verse 2, when he, he goes to read it, he runs, he bows, he puts his face on the ground, and then he asks them in verse 3, don't go away. Don't pass through. And in verse 4, he asked them, give me a chance. Give me a chance. I want, let me get a chance to get some water for your feet so they can be washed. And in verse 4, he says, he says, he says give, me, give me a chance to make things very comfortable for you under this tree. In verse 5, he says, he says, wait a little while. I'll just get you a little bit of bread, a morsel. He says a morsel. We're going to talk about that in a minute. He says a morsel so your hearts can be made not comforted. And, av- and after they agree, in verse 5, this 99-year-old man, in verse 6, he's not just walking. It says he hastens to the tent. He's like running to the tent. And in verse 6, we see this 99-year-old Abraham directing everybody left and right. The show started. And he, sa- he hastens to the tent. And he, he says to Sarah, what's well, Sarah? It's hot in the tent. She's probably relaxing, right? But he says, stop. He says, make ready quickly. He says, three measures of fine meal. Knead it. Make cakes in upon the hearth. Make ready quickly, he says to Sarah. Three measures of fine meal. Knead it. Make cakes. And if someone said to Sarah, you know, what's with Abraham? Sarah would reply, well, this is what he does when he gets guests. You know, this is the routine. Abraham says to Sarah, never mind, it's a hot day. Fire up the oven, he says to her, you know. 
and get the fine meal and start kneading, start rolling out those cakes. By the way, the word measures here is the word seah in Hebrew. And seah, as far as a quantity goes, just to kind of give you an idea of, uh, of the quantity here, it's one and a half gallons. So he's saying to Sarah, get something like a five-gallon container full. You know how much that would make? A five-gallon container full of flour, you know? But she says to him, she says, get a five-gallon container full and make bread. And that's what he called in verse 5, a little morsel of bread, <laughs> a piece of bread, right? You want to know those little bread bread looks like? Go to Alibaba Arabic restaurant in El Cajon, and they bring out these delicious bread cakes. They're about the thickness of your finger. They're about 18 inches round. The first time I ate there, we could hardly touch them. It breaks a minute. And after the meal, they said, you want to take some of the bread home? And I said, sure, I need some insulation for my house. <laughs> it's like a huge. But... <laughs> Abraham has just ordered Sarah to jump into action and make this huge amount of fresh bread. And there's only three people. And and so in verse 7, we see this 99-year-old Abraham. Abraham ran. He ran. Abraham ran. He's running still. Into the herd. He fetches a calf, tender and young. He grabs it and gives it to a young man. He hastens to dress it. So he's running. He's he's grabbing it. He He says to the young man, quickly slaughter this and cook it. And next we see in verse 8, he took butter and milk and the calf which he addressed. He runs to go get the butter. He runs to go get the milk and and the steaming calf. And what does he do in verse 8? He set it before them and he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. So Abraham, he's got this, this, with the pleasure, you can see it on him. He sets out this gigantic feast in front of these men. And he made sure that they were all comfortable. You know, he made sure that their feet were washed. You know, today we take people's hats and we leave their shoes on. Then they left their hats on and they <laughs> took their shoes off, which is better, I don't know. Anyway, in verse 8, and then he says he stood there. So that's Abraham, he's standing there. Abraham stands at attention while they eat. He's ready to jump what they need. What do you need? You want some water? You know, a little bit of salt? I'm, I'm here, ready to get it for you. It's humility on Abraham's part. He doesn't eat with them. Like servants don't eat with the people, the masters. He's standing there as a servant. He called himself a servant. The one who ran and made the meal ready now stands as a servant to bring them what they needed. Well, what's that? What's this all about? What's with this 99-year-old man who's flying into a whirlwind? The key to understanding why Abraham did all this is found in two statements that he made in verse 5. And here are the statements. He said, I'll get a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. Statement number one. And uh, you'll pass on. For therefore are you coming to, to your servant. Statement number two. Those two statements that Abraham tells, tells us a lot about who Abraham was. He says, first, comfort ye your hearts. Second, uh, for therefore you come to your servant. First, Abraham says, comfort your heart. Abraham was a man of hospitality and he loved entertaining strangers. As a matter of fact, this is the scene that's commented on in Hebrews 13.2 where we're told, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some, meaning Abraham, have entertained strangers unawares. See, our spiritual father, Abraham, he loved to entertain strangers. 
And what we're seeing Abraham do here is show his love for entertaining strangers. And when Abraham ran from his tent to fly into action and entertain those strangers, Abraham had no idea who those three men were. They were strangers unawares. He wasn't aware of it. And Abraham was entertaining angels, sorry, angels unawares. Only one of those men was more than just an angel. And Abraham didn't know that. He was just hospitable because he had a goal. And it was to comfort your hearts. He loved to comfort the weary. I know what that's like. That's my wife, Cheryl. When my wife goes to stores, she's in a world of her own. You can't talk to her. She's quiet. She's thinking. And she's investigating this. And she's investigating that. And, I, and she buys these things. I what are you, you going to do with that? Oh, so never mind. And so we have so many things in our house for these potential occasions. There's so many things that I put up shelves in our in our first bedroom and with aisles between the shelves, floor-to-ceiling shelves. You walk in there, little tiny aisles, and it's everything stored in there. Why? Because one day, and one day she was, went to Bed Bath & Beyond, and she bought the softest, most fluffy slippers you've ever seen. And I said to her, I said, we don't need those. Never mind. Then she got them, okay? And they we stored them. And one day, I brought a businessman over to our house. We've been out doing business all day, and this man was from Belgium, and I always went to his place in Belgium. Now he came to San Diego, and he was clearly jet-lagged, exhausted, and everything. And I brought him in. So what did Cheryl do? She brings him over to the massage chair, the electric massage chair. It's not an electric chair. It's an electric massage chair. <laughs> and it reclines, and she makes it recline back, and she turns the, the chair on. And then she took his shoes off, and then she brought out those soft, fluffy slippers and put them on him, and then gave him a blanket over his, his, his feet so he could relax. You know, that meant so much to that man that for years, when I came to visit him in Belgium, he talked about that. He talked about it. What happened? How was so relaxed and so forth? Why did Cheryl do that? Why did Cheryl do that? Because Cheryl, like Abraham, loves to comfort. And that's why Abraham did what he did in verse 5. Comfort ye your hearts. And that's why God calls himself the comforter in John 14, 26. But when the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach all things, bring all things to your remembrance. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort by which we ourselves and the comfort of God. See, that verse says, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. God has comforted us so that we can fulfill one of our life purposes, which is to comfort others. And we have a life, one of our life purposes is to comfort others. And Abraham knew that he had one of his life purposes was to comfort others. And that's why he made the second statement in verse 5. For therefore are ye come to, to your servant. See those words, for therefore, express how Abraham knew that one of his life purposes was to comfort others. And that's why he said in verse 3, don't go away, pass not away, I pray thee. From He's in Abraham's mind. It would have been a tragedy for Abraham to have lost the opportunity to have been hospitable. That would have been terrible. If Abraham was in our church this morning, 
and a visitor came in, Abraham would be the first one to invite that visitor to lunch. And Abraham would say to that visitor, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let me take you to lunch. That's Abraham. That's like one of our life purposes, to comfort others. Abraham knew he could not fulfill this one of his life purposes unless he comforted others. And we know we cannot fulfill one of our life purposes unless we, like Abraham, comfort others. Hospitable, entertaining stranger, that's your father, God says. Meet him for the first time, our spiritual father. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that Abraham was a man of hospitality like you. And Lord, he comforted like you. And help us to be like him, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. Or you can email Tom Cantor at tomcantor, that's T-O-M-C-A-N-T-O-R, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening to Friendship with God with Tom Cantor.